Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. All right. Um, if you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, if you have your phone, pull out your phone. There's a Bible in some of the chairs around you. Um, you can pull out your phone, go to the Bible app. Uh, version Bible app or Bible Hub or Blue Letter Bible or whatever version Bible you have, pull that out. Please go to John chapter 11. We're going to land there at some point. John chapter 11. And Brendan, I've got a lot back there, my friend. So I, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. I need you. John chapter 11, we're going we're gonna to land there eventually here. It's in, the, it's in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But before that, I'll, I'll start. He was chasing after his father. In the red glow of the taillights, the nine-year-old boy was running, screaming at the van. He couldn't catch up. And his father never looked back. And as the distance grew between the two, the nine-year-old boy stood in the darkened parking lot, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed by that feeling of being alone, being without his father. Overwhelmed by the fear of not knowing where his father was going. Two friends of Jesus, Martha and Mary, they pop up in the Gospels periodically. Two friends of Jesus sent a cryptic message to Jesus. The one you love is sick. Though cryptic and coded, Jesus understood the message was clear. Our brother Lazarus is dying. We need you. Jesus there, where he was, doing the work that he was doing, received that message. They wanted him present. They wanted him there because they knew by his presence, their brother could be healed. Something that he had done many times before for others. Now was their time. They needed him now to be present before them. This word, present, when we strip it and go back, I'm going to nerd you up real quick, okay? It's a combination of two Latin words, pray and say. Pray 
and ace. Pray means before. Ace means to be. So to be present means to be before. I'm going to skip around, Brendan. Just stay with me, my friend. Thank you. To be before. When you peel back the layer of this preposition that we have before, we use it without even being mindful of what it actually means. But in the Greek, that word before means to literally be in the eyes of. I am in the eyes of you, unless you were falling asleep. And you are in the eyes of me, even if you are asleep. To be present is to be in the eyes of. Have you ever noticed when you run into someone, wherever that is, that maybe that someone, when you're trying to have that conversation, that someone that you care about, their eyes are avoiding yours? You ever have one of those moments? As a pastor, you have a lot of those moments. Like, who's this guy? Or have you ever had one of those, I don't know if they call them DTRs anymore, determine the relationships? <laughs> right. That is an uh-oh. And you're, you're having this heavy conversation of actually where are you? Some of those go really well. But sometimes one or the other is avoiding eye contact or both of you are just looking at the floor or looking around and you're like, it is very evident that this is done. We out. We over. There's something about eye contact. The Greeks and the Romans understood. That it's more than just being before. It's more than being in the eyes of. That word, ace, actually has a root. Ace. E-S. There you go. Man, look at you. I'm so impressed with you. You're amazing. They understood that to be present, to be before someone, to be in the eyes of someone, there's an exchange that happens. Ace, actually, in the Greek, when we go to the Greek of that word, it means essence. The finest elements, the basic elements of something or anything. In human terms, the basic elements of you. It's who you are. And when you are before someone, when you are present and they are present before you in the eyes of, there's an exchange that happens. Remember those darting eyes? It's because they've put up their guard. They don't want to give you their essence. But the fact is, regardless if your guard is up or your guard is down, there's an exchange that happens. Have you ever wondered why negativity just seems to like breed so quickly amongst people because there's a flaw in the human design 
not that God was flawed when he designed us, is that because of sin, there's a flaw in us. We have the propensity for negativity. In fact, our emotions, the negatives that are attached in those emotions, they last a lot longer than the emotions of happiness. We're a little flawed. No wonder that when someone who is carrying some negativity in their life, pain in their life, hurt in their life, and they might not even be aware of it, there's an exchange that happens between you and them. It seems to filter in. Presence. We've often said presence is important because it goes much deeper. When you're in the eyes of someone, there's an exchange between you and them. Both good and maybe not so good. You ever notice that sometimes, who's got a cell phone? My guess is everybody. You might hold that up. Just, just hold it up. Know what I noticed? When the cell phone is out, whether it's on the table or just out in your hand, you're not the most important person at the table. We're just waiting for that buzz, that ding. There's this deep desire to find out did my post get seen meaning the person who is before you in your eyes is not in your eyes any longer you can be in the room with someone but their eyes are not on you and your eyes are not on them there's no attention there's no exchange you're just I don't know if there's a word in English for that. But we'll just go with. (laughs) The one you love is sick. Martha and Mary sent a word, a message to Jesus. Let's find out what happens. Pull out that Bible. John chapter 11. Stay with me because we're going to read the story in its entirety, okay? Verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Pause real quick. This is John uh, writing that and telling us this story as if we're reading this story and she's already done that, but actually she does that in chapter 12. He's just kind of like, oh, by the way, that's the lady in chapter 12. Okay? Just a heads up. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. 
Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. They prayed, <laughs> he stayed. Hmm. There's a lot there. Sometimes when you pray and you wonder, where in the world are you? Why didn't you answer? Why didn't you come through? It happens. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. I think sometimes, just don't listen to it. He's there. He's working. Let's continue. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, the teacher, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will, will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Now, watch how dense this is. This is great. I love because I'm, I'm here. I'm one of these guys. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. They don't get it. I don't get it sometimes. Am I the only one in the room that doesn't get it sometimes? Take things very literally? It's like, well, just let him sleep, bro. He's fine. Just, he'll get better. Well, he continues. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Okay. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. So you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, this is why I call him a heroic pessimist. Now, then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Not with Lazarus, but with Jesus. So we continue. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. There was this understanding in the Jewish culture that three days, they're dead. But on the fourth day, they ain't ever coming back. They're dead, dead. So this is why John is saying very specifically, four days. There is no possibility left. He's gone. He's not coming back. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their, their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she put out to meet him, or she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. Watch the exchange here. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I just want to pause for just a second. Folks, unasked questions of God in your life can become gods in your soul. I think often we as Christians and believers, we don't ask God the hard questions. 
We think we need to protect the Almighty from our hard questions. Martha comes to Jesus right on the edge of the village. And she asks him the hard question. But she says it in a statement. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, where were you? Where are you? Where's God in all this? Why weren't you present when we called you? just want to encourage you. And I don't speak about things like this flippantly. Ask the hard questions of God. He can take it. But when you ask the hard questions of God, it's important that you eventually become silent. Because he will give you the hard answers. Just be prepared for the hard answers. She continued, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She's speaking way in the future. Jesus is speaking here in a few moments. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus not only asks her this question. He asks us this question. I am the resurrection and the life. I think for us, for many who are Christians, who follow Christ... I think our faith is pretty close to the agnostic. Now hear me out. Hear me out. Our faith has become an intellectual faith. We've intellectualized God, and that's the only level. We have yet to internalize the Father. It's mere intellectual assent. The belief that we have has not transformed or changed anything of our life. He asks us, do you believe this? Have you internalized the Father in your life? Is he present within you? And is he transforming who you are? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher, the rabbi is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. 
He's still outside. Watch his movement as we continue the story. When the Jews who had been with Mary at the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, held him with her eyes, was before him, was present with him. Watch what she does. She fell at his feet. Any time that we see Mary in any of the Gospels, she's always at his feet. She's always at his feet. And even at his feet, she says the same thing her sister says. It's almost as if like they had a conversation about this. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Where were you? We called you. We asked for you. You weren't here. We wanted to hold you with our eyes so that we can still hold our brother with our eyes and be present with him. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord. Jesus wept. When you were in the eyes of another, when you were present, there's an exchange that happens between your essence, between your beings. What we see with Jesus here, there's an exchange from his being. His love is expressed. His compassion. This isn't pity. This isn't Jesus putting on a show. This is human Jesus pouring out of him to Mary. This is grief coming out. This is empathy. He's exchanging his essence with her in presence. But his heart continues to open as the story moves. The Jews said, see how he loved him? Oh, when you exchange that, when it's true, you can see it and not just feel it. But some said to them, could he not, could he not who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? There's always a critic in the crowd. Whether it's in the church or out in the world, there's always a critic in the crowd. We're all human, aren't we? 
Jesus, once deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone that laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. John made a very clear moment here. He didn't call him Lazarus. Call him the dead man. By this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. See, Jesus never intellectualized God. There was community. There was an internalization between him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. We see that at the baptism of Jesus Christ. And we hear it from his words when he says, right before he ascends to the right hand of the Father, he says, go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because there's community and there's communion and there's connection between the three and he longs for that to happen with you and me and the world. We see Jesus exchanging the human aspect of his heart but here in the moment we're going to see something on another level that no one ever has seen before. When Martha asked her hard question, Jesus reminded her of something very specific. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Meaning within him, in his essence, in his being, is life. In his being is resurrection Meaning those things that are dead come to life. They're both sides of the same coin. And as if hearkening back all the way to Genesis chapter 1. With a loud voice. The word spoke some loud words. In the moment. And he said, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and the cloth around his face. Jesus literally exchanged his being to the dead man. Gave his essence to the dead man. And out comes Lazarus, and they all held him with their eyes because Lazarus was now present. Now there can be an exchange between Martha, Mary, and Lazarus because Jesus has given himself 
in the moment. He gave of who he was. The pizza had already been brought to the table. Drinks were on the table. One looked to the other. I thought he was with you. No, I thought he was with you. That nine-year-old boy was my nephew, Tyler. See, they were at a basketball game. My brother-in-law had driven all the way up to the basketball game from work. My sister had driven from her work. And when the, my niece got into the car and I got into my car, both my sister and my brother-in-law thought Tyler was with the other. MVP parents right there. They get the award. And Tyler was chasing after his father. His dad never looked back because his dad thought he was with his mom. And so when we sat down and the drinks were, were at the table and the pizza was already ordered, my sister looks at, at her husband, where's Tyler? It's kind of the home alone moment. Kevin! And as soon as they realized neither one had Tyler, my brother-in-law got up from the table to chase after my nephew. Right at the doorway, rolls up a white van with a toilet plunger, with a smiley face decal on the side of the white van, and out comes Tyler. In any other world, that would be a strange sight, but we knew the plumbing family. <laughs> Tyler entered the door, and there was this embrace. A red-faced, teary-eyed, nine-year-old boy and apologetic father. See, when Tyler was standing in that parking lot, watching his father go away from him, everything that Tyler received as a nine-year-old boy was going away from him. But as soon as his parents realized that he wasn't with them, they went chasing after him. Because there's something about presence. There's an exchange that happens. See, no matter how far away from him you are, he's chasing after you. So you can be in his presence. So that there can be an exchange between you and the creator of all the universe. That he can give you who he is. What we long for most in our life. It's found in him. It's found in him. God and Jesus Christ on the cross was present for all humanity so that we can be present with the creator of all the universe 
this year. 2024 is going to be a year of presence for us. For you and me. Over the course of the year, we're going to come back to presence. To talk about the practicalities, to learn about the practicalities of being present with each other, with our kids, with our family, and our communities, but first and foremost, with God himself. Because he's pursuing you. All the things that you chase after. What it really comes down to is you can find it in him. I don't find it. It may be, but I don't find it. Coincidental that when we divide that word present, the word before sounds like our English word pray. It's because when you pray, you are literally in the eyes of of God. You're before him in his eyes. Holding you. Looking into you. And you are looking into him. Do you mind bowing your heads? And let's look into the heart of God. Heavenly Father, as human beings, constantly chasing after things, we're chasing after, when it comes really down to it, we're chasing after intimacy, chasing after love. We're screaming out for purpose and meaning of for our life. Just like my nephew in the red glow of the taillights. Just yelling for healing, for growth, for some semblance of progress in our life. We look around all the world thinking we're going to find it in our job, in our relationships, you name it. But when it comes down to it, we find it in your presence. I ask that your people here That they find all that they're looking for in you. 
also ask that you remind us how important our presence is with people. Because in that, there's an exchange. On a much deeper level than talking about a game or the things of life. There's an exchange of our beings. If you're here and you have just longed, you've run and you've longed and you have been found wanting and today you heard for the first time or you've heard it for the thousandth time, but this time it just, it makes sense for you. It caught you. Your soul resonated with the word and the message. You're like, that's what I need. That's what I want. That's what I've been looking for. If that's you today, I'm asking that you just pray a simple prayer. But a powerful one. Jesus, I give you my life. Because when you give him your life, he is resurrection and the life. He makes what is is dead alive in you. Just ask him. Tell him, Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. I give you my life. Cross that line of faith this morning. I give you my life. Because I want your life. Forgive me of my sin. You are the Son of God. You died and you rose. Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that, if you spoke that with pure intention and sincerity, I'm asking that you you lift up your head, lift up your eyes, you look at me and you raise your hand, please. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, I lift those up who just lifted their hands. Will you rise them up in your image? Will you unlock that in their life? Will they find that you, that they are the most passionate, that they are your passion? Will you fill them with holiness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness? love and peace honestly I pray that you fill that fill us all with that fill us with you purity wisdom we need it we need you Jesus it's in your name we pray this morning amen before we before we roll out um, I'd like to ask Adam and my wife, would you mind coming on up? They, they, neither one knew that I was going to do Yeah, you, bro. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, uh, come on up, brother. You're going to be standing in front of a lot of churches in, the, in about two weeks, bro. So if you don't, if you don't know these two, 
Uh, this, is, this is Adam Luger's, and this is my wife. I belong to her. She's my better three quarters. Uh, this coming Saturday, uh, us three are taking a plane to Cuba. Um, many of you have participated in what we are about to embark on by uh, filling these bags with, with essentials that uh, our brothers and sisters in Cuba are lacking. And so why did I bring them up is because I'd ask that you hold us in your eyes before the Lord, um, as well as the 11, 10, 11 other people that are going along with us. When I spoke about the Cuba trip for the first time here about a year ago, Adam came up to me and said, I'm in. I want God to do things in my life. I'm in. Let me tell you, he was in very quickly too. Um, and so I'd ask that you, you pray for us as we, we go forward and pray for the people that we're going to connect with because there will be an exchange, not of just items. They just need encouragement right now. They need to know that their brothers and sisters around the world, particularly here in the States, love them and are with them and are for them and are praying for them. And so I just ask that you do that. We leave on Saturday very, very early. We'll be back the following Saturday, very, very late. So whatever is delivered on that next Sunday, we'll see what happens. All right? So would you please stand? Thanks, man. I appreciate you being up here. Will you please love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? Would you please love your neighbor as yourself? Go out. Don't get frostbite. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Wapaknas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.